Welcome to the Think Generation of Wealth podcast, episode number 40, and I'm your host, Amir Estimo. In today's episode, we will discuss why it is important to have good credit. Again, the name of the episode today is Why Is It Important to Have Good Credit? I know uh, we were supposed to do uh, I think I had it to where I was going to do talk about crypto. And then this episode actually was supposed to be episode 41. But I feel uh, I want to be more prepared when it comes to recording uh, the cryptocurrency, because talking about crypto, you have to have a great understanding of it. And I wanted to be more prepared. So I said, well, let me at least these next two episodes, at least if not episode 41, we'll, we'll talk about crypto. And then episode 40, today's episode, we'll talk about uh, the importance of credit. And credit is important, folks. I know we tend to, when you hear about credit, we tend to kind of be scared to have that conversation because some of us, we do have our credit is not good. And your credit score ranges from on a scale, what, three to 300 to 850, 850 is the max, which you can get on a credit score. But it is important to discuss. It is important to have good credit. Now, let me share a personal story with you guys. I remember probably, uh, I would say back in 2010 or 11, one of the two. And I went to college, obviously, and like many of us, racked up a lot of credit card debt. In doing so, I decided not to pay my credit card debt when I got out of college. So therefore, I had a very bad credit score. And between 2011, 2012, uh, I started to make, I didn't look at credit until I went and bought a car. I went and bought a car, a used car in a car dealer lot. And I had to put some money down. Like I put like, I think it was like $4,000 down on this, this used car. Disclaimer, just to let you guys know, if you're buying a car, I don't know how everybody's situation is. Some, you know, you may want to buy that car cash some you may want to lease it. Some you may do want to put down a car, but don't put don't put probably more than two thousand dollars down uh, because at the end of the day, a car is a depreciating asset. Now I'm talking for me. If that's you know, do you feel like that's something you need to do? Then go ahead and do it. But for me myself, I didn't see. Now I'm thinking about it. I probably should have never went down that route to uh, put that much money down on a car. But again, you live and you learn. So these are things you learn about as you uh, get to gain some experience. So going back, so 2011, 2012, um, I was buying a used car. And then even when I, the reason my payment wasn't so high, because I did put down a, a lot of money on a car. But Think about it too. 
if you do have good credit, you don't have to go into a position like that to where you feel you need to put down a lot on the car. Now, if you have bad credit, yes, you're going to have to, because the difference, and even when you put a lot of money down, it really doesn't make that much of a difference as much as you think, because you know you put $4,000 down on a car, let's say it's a $20,000 car, but if your credit is bad, you may save what, 40, 50 bucks, maybe 30, if anything. So you have to be mindful of that because that's probably money. And I believe if you're going to do that, you might as well just buy a used car that you can just pay off right away. But if you're going to do that, you could probably use that money to pay off debt instead, especially if you have bad credit. So you probably could put half of that down. So as I was, uh, I had, you know, I put $4,000 down. And when I thought about it, my car payment wasn't even, it was like $30 difference. (laughs) So it really didn't move the needle as much as you think. So that's why I'm saying it's probably best to put less down, use some of that money to pay off debt to help raise your credit score. And then deal with, you know, maybe the high, depending on your income, everybody, you know, you got to be able to acknowledge your your savings or acknowledge what your income is and what you can do and can't do. So everybody's different. Everybody's situation is different. So going back to what I was saying, then um, again, it, it didn't really move the needles as much as I thought. So um, I had the time, my credit interest my credit was like five, like 560, something to that nature. It wasn't high. It was not that great. And when you have, you don't have good credit, it puts a lot of toll and stress because when you go buy a home, you go buy a car, you you know, you go do any type of business that requires you to have a credit, good credit score. You don't get the benefits as someone that does. And so that really puts a lot of strain. You got to come, come out more money out of the pocket, uh, things like that because of your credit. So now the first, the first thing I think you should do is acknowledge your credit, acknowledge your finance. A lot of us tend to don't want to do that because it's like, it's like a horror because you don't want to admit or face the mistakes that you made in the past to where now you're in this situation. A credit score is based off history. This tells the lender, hey, based off your score, because I like to equate a credit score to an, um, a grade point average in college or in high school. That's what it is, but it's the adult version. You don't, it just gives a lender insight of, okay, you got this score, but it's made up of all these factors and there's five factors. And I will, I will touch up on that in a little bit, but there's five factors that makes up your credit score. Now, acknowledging your credit is important because that's the first thing you're going to need to do to be able to develop a plan to how you're going to pay off, you know, get your credit score up. And 
I, for one, did not. I was in that shoe. I did not want to acknowledge my credit. So I just put it off. I didn't care until I realized, man, if I had good credit, I probably wouldn't have at that time 11% on a car payment interest versus I probably could have had. Now I just refinanced my mortgage and I was about three and a quarter. And now I, I get offers to even go lower than that to uh, 2.75. And it makes a difference, folks. It really does make a difference when you have good credit. So the first thing you have to do is acknowledge your debt. So by doing that, you can go on. You We have once a year, you can go. I think it's annualcreditreport.com. Uh, you can go and get a your credit report for free. And but now they I don't think they'll give you your credit score uh, because of the fact that you, know, you may have to sign up for another tier to get your credit score also. But credit report is just as important. Now, I know people um, tend to use Credit Karma. Credit Karma is not accurate. It's a marketing service and they use a different type of metric system. So let's just say if you have uh, a 780 credit score on Credit Karma, more than likely it could be right. It could be wrong. So don't. And it's a marketing service. Credit Karma is their job is to market. Because if you ever know this and you log into Credit Karma, what's the first thing you see they do? They uh, they have these credit card offers that they give you, that they promote to you, they market to you because they get paid off of that. But I, the reason I'm saying that, too, is because I remember when uh, I think I want to go. Um, I think I was either buying a car uh, in, in or leasing or whatever it is. And then I went, I was like, credit karma showed I had like a 720 credit score or oh, actually was buying a house. And when I went, I only had like a 675. I was like, oh man. And then, um, and I realized what car dealerships, mortgage companies use are different. They use something to, I think what they call a beacon where they, they're, they use more of, um, a, a more, a system that is more mature than what credit karma does. Credit karma uses, I think, a vintage, and they're actually using the true. They're looking at your report. So I had a six seventy five. So I said, okay, well, credit karma is not accurate. So just to let you guys know, disclaimer: credit karma is not as accurate. Now, I couldn't in certain since certain since uh, certain circumstances, it can be accurate, but not all the time. Okay, so get yourself your credit report. Look at your credit report. So number two, acknowledge. So I have number one, sign up. But number one is actually acknowledge your debt. Number two is sign up for annual credit report. Once you get that, look at your credit report. Look out for any type of misinformation. Maybe your name is spelled wrong. Uh, if you recognize a name that's on there, because anytime you run some type of credit, you know, you go to a lender, they have to run your credit. Now, the lenders use two things. There's one called the soft inquiry and a hard inquiry. A hard inquiry stays on your credit report for two years. A soft uh, inquiry stays on there for a year, but it doesn't affect your credit as much as a hard uh, inquiry does. But a hard inquiry tends as time goes on, the effect lessens. So acknowledge your, look at your credit report. Look for any misinformation, wrong addresses. If you see addresses that you don't recognize, 
that could be an indication of um, uh, credit fraud or identity theft. So look at any of that. Look at for any information that maybe, you know, maybe a debt you don't recognize. If you don't recognize the debt, look at it. Certain debt, credit card debt can stay on your credit report for up to seven years, depending on the company. Bankruptcy, depending what chapter it is, it could be seven, it could be 10 years. Repo, look for any of that stuff and begin disputing it. Begin disputing it. And see, when you dispute it, you can dispute it with, now, the credit bureau is made up of TransUnion, Equifax, and Experian. You can look at, you can, when you, if all three of those informations are not congruent, one of them is off, it's always good to dispute it. Now, the disputing process could be very lengthy and you're going to have to, it's going to require a lot of patience. That's why they have credit repair companies that's willing to take that burden. People are willing to pay a credit repair company. So that can really take that burden off of them because they don't want to deal with that. But if you really want to take, you want to take um, your, you want to take ownership of your credit, you will do it. But if not, just pay credit repair, find one that's reputable. Uh, I myself, I help with credit repair. So if you want to reach out to me, you can reach out to me at um, amir.estimo at gmail.com. Or you can re- me, reach me at amir.estimo at estimoholdingsplural.com. Either way, I'd be glad to help you give you a free consultation to see how I can help you get your credit score up because you're going to need that. If you want to buy a house, buy a car, buy these things, you're going to need good credit. So start the dispute process. Reach out to these places. Now reach out to these. Um, and what tends to happen, let's say you have Capital One, you owe Capital One uh, credit. You know, you haven't paid them. You owe them some money. You haven't paid them. So Capital One at, at one point, they start to they do what they call a charge off. So you do it as a charge off. They're like, hey, this person is not going to pay me. And they sell that debt to a third party. So then the third party then is responsible for collecting the debt. And that's why you get these harassing calls. And honestly, folks, that was one of my motivation. That's why I tend to not let anything. I protect my credit just like I protect like I protect my credit because of the fact that I cannot deal with people calling me, blowing me up, disrespecting me, threatening me just for, for me to pay them. I didn't want to deal with that. So guess what? Pay your bills. That's the adult thing to do. Pay your bills. Okay. Now you start, you start a dispute, you start your dispute process. And if you don't want to deal with it, hire a credit repair company, find one that's reputable, find one that's going to do what they say they're going to do. I mean, honestly, they're not doing anything you couldn't do. The only difference is people don't want to deal with the time to put into, to, um, to find, to like put in the effort and the time to repair their own credit. And sometimes what happens is if you eventually give up, but if you do, it's okay. What you do is negotiate with some of these companies. Cause again, these companies just want their money. I mean, I had it to where when I, um, there were certain companies, medical bills I was paying, you know, maybe it was like, let's say if it was $2,000 at the end of the day, you may come out of pocket 500 bucks. And then what you want to do is when you settle with them and it's okay to settle with them, make sure, 
one thing I did now I learn is um I myself had to learn this is that I just paid the debt and that was it. But what you want to do is pay, come out, negotiate with them, say, hey, I'll be willing to pay this debt. But here's what I want. Remove this off my credit. So once you do that, then you pay the debt. They're going to send them. They're going to go on the right. It's going to go to writing and say, "Okay, hey, you know, you paid this debt off. It's off the credit report. Great. Once it's off your credit report, that will help boost up your credit score big time. And you can do this, folks. If you really put your mind to this, you can do this in less than 90 days, even six months. I give it I say 90 days, but that just really depends on everyone's credit situation. I mean, some is better than others. I don't know your situation, but you can literally even do this less than six months, six months. I I don't even think it should take a year. You can go from 560 to 700 easily. And that's just based off of taking care of your debt, negotiating, disputing, doing all these things. And then, boom, your credit score goes up. Sometimes you can go up 40 points, 50 points, depending on what it is. Right. Protect your credit, folks. Protect your credit. So number one, acknowledge your credit debt. Number two, sign up for uh, annualcreditreport.com. Uh, number three, start a dispute process. See anything once you get your credit report, see anything that's off because it has to be congruent with all three major bureaus. If it's not one's off, then dispute it. Make sure you look for any errors. Make sure you look for any debt that's not supposed to be there. Make sure your names are correct. Let's say if your name, for example, my name is Amir, A-M-I-R. If it's A-M-R, I can dispute that. You can you can literally dispute that in um start a dispute process. Number four, if let's say you go through the whole process and they're like, Hey, this debt belongs to you. Okay. Then what you do is settle, negotiate your credit debt. Don't just throw your hands up and call it a day. Don't do that. Cause that's the worst thing you can do. Cause I've, I know many people that now wants to buy a house. They can't buy a house because their credit is not good or they can buy a house but they're going to pay an exuberant amount of money or they have to come more money out of the pocket. So you want to keep that in mind when it comes to that. Don't just sit on it and be like, oh, it's over. I'm just going to let it fall off. It's going to take then if you plan on buying a house in the next two years and let's say your credit is going to take seven years, then you go, right, what are you going to do? Wait five years for that? No, don't do that. Just go and pay your debt off, but negotiate, settle with them. Say, OK, hey, they want to. Let's say it does 2000. Hey, well, you can negotiate with these people and they would be like, OK, well, you know, we know it's 2000, but hey, we'll do or sometimes they'll even do a monthly payment. Uh, you know, let's say it's 500. They'll say, OK, for the next three months. One thing I honestly tell you this, this is something I learned is get yourself like a I know a lot of people. This is very people are skeptical of cash app. But put that money on cash app. The reason I say that is if you give them your debit card or credit card and let's say something pops up. Right. Let's say something pops up down the road. They can literally go and take they have your information. They can go and take your money. OK, but if you have you put that on. On a cash app, obviously, if the money's not there, they can't charge you. But don't ever give them your credit card 
or debit card because if something comes back later on or let's say it's a different debt, but the same company, what they do is they already have your information. They just charge it and take your money. So you want to be careful with that. Get yourself a card that you don't use. Don't give them your debit card. Don't give them your credit card. Pay everything. What I did was I had cash app. So let's say, for example, I had a, a old medical bill that I needed to pay. I don't give them none of my personal information. I just give them a cash app card. Say, here, take the money in here. Boom. In case anything ever happens, they decline. Cause obviously, if you don't have money on cash app, it's going to decline. But what happens too, then you get that notification if you have that on. Then you can go back and call them and say, hey, what happened? You can go back and have that conversation with them. You don't want them just automatically take your 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 money and then all of a sudden you don't know. Okay, so that's a tip if everyone wants to use that. Then figure out how you're going to pay your debt. Now, there's two ways you can pay debt. You can use a snowfall or avalanche method. Now, the difference between the two is on a snowfall, you pay you pay the um, you. I think you start with the lowest debt and you work your way to the highest. Right. So if you have a debt, that's a thousand dollars. You pay that off first and you work your way up to the ten thousand. For instance, versus avalanche, you pay the highest, you pay the credit, you pay the debt with the highest interest. So example, if you have a, between a car payment, let's say your mortgage, not your mortgage, but let's say you defaulted on your um, auto loan, but your auto loan, 10%, your credit card is 23%, pay your credit card first versus the auto loan. Okay. So now you can figure out how you're going to pay. You may have to cut, you may have to going out, cut out, going out eating out every single week. You may have to make some sacrifices, lifestyle change, because you want to get yourself out of debt. So for me, these were the things that I did. And I ended up raising my credit score to almost 800. And actually, I was in the 800. Depending on what you look at, when I looked at Experian, I was about 818, most recent. When I looked at FICO, I was about an 809 or 797, somewhere like that. And the reason I'm saying this too is I recently opened um I opened a um two credit cards, business credits with um American Express. And the way I was able to do that, and it was it took me back, made me appreciate how like where I was before until now. Because where I was before, when I was around that five sixty to now they automatically, especially I have a relationship with American Express. I already have a personal credit card with them anyways. Um, I was able to get approved for two credit cards, two business credit, because when you open a business credit, especially if your your business just started and it doesn't have um, a history yet, you, you know, they look at your personal income and they look at your credit history. I mean, I went and got a, a bought a a car recently, same thing, walked in, looked at my credit report and it was just, it was the quickest transaction. It makes you, cause you're going to need this when it comes to, cause you, when, especially you're going to need money to, uh, especially if you're trying to, um, you're trying to grow your company, you're trying to scale your business. You're going to, you want to use other people's money. Okay. OTM. You don't want to use your money, your cash, your reserves to do that. But to do that, you need good credit and you need to have a good history. So, which now I segue in, 
There's five factors to your credit. Payment history gives 35%. So your payment, that's why it's important. If you negotiate with these um, creditors or sometimes what they call furnishers, you, you negotiate with them, especially if you have a, because what happens is, especially if it's a revolving or installment, the difference between the two revolving is like credit card because the changes, you know, it's different from month to month. Installment is a mortgage because you're going to have the same payment or car note. You're going to have the same payment every single month. You know, your payment is going to be 300 with credit card. It could be different depending on the usage. You may use it to where you may have to pay 300. You may use it to where you have to pay 150, whatever. Now, another tip, don't just let your credit if you can't pay the full balance, pay at least the minimum because that will help your payment history. Now it will, it will hurt depending on how much your credit limit is depending on how much you owe, it may affect your amount. owed, which is 30%. So you have your payment history, which is 35%. Your amounts owed is 30%. So amounts owed is, for example, if your credit limit is, um, let's just say, you know, hundred, hundred dollars. Right. But let's say your credit, you owe $50. I'm just, this is just an example, folks. This is not like, a, you know, it could be, this is not like a real life scenario, but it could be too. Um, let's say you, you, um, your credit limits a hundred, you owe 50, that's 50%. Anything past 30% hurts your credit score. That's why it's important to keep your credit utilization down below 10%. You will see a big jump in your credit score if you can keep your credit utilization down. So you want you want to always you know use no more than ten, uh, no more than ten percent. And like for me, I'll give a I'll share something too. Um, I have I think if I was to really count, I probably have like six credit cards, but I only use really two. The only reason I have six is because. You want to have as much credit limit as possible. You want to be responsible. I'm not telling you to go and open up all these credit cards. No, the only reason I have six and that's at the time I didn't think now if I have to really think it through now, but it does help. But if I had to think it through, I probably wouldn't have that many. But honestly, too, I don't use all of them. I only use maybe two of those, the max and the two I use. Those are the two I have the highest credit limits in. So you, you don't, the other four, I use them periodically I buy something five, $10, or, you know, put a subscription on there just so you can keep the credit card, whoever that account with, um, keep them reporting. So you want to keep them reporting. Uh, and the more they, every time they're reporting, it helps your credit score. So when they stop, you, you, you don't, you don't want to, because what happens is if you, let's say you do have $10,000 credit limit. And let's say you have 2000 with one company, right? If they, let's say they ended up just either reducing your credit limit or they close the account on you. Now you're down to 2000 and actually hurts your credit utilization. It it hurts it because you go from, uh, let's say, let's say if you were about, you know, 10%, if they close it, you can jump in to 20% easily. So be careful with that. Uh, Length of credit history. Meaning how long have you had these uh, accounts? Um, the average is you want to have about five to seven years. 
that's where you want to be at. Um, and that's different. And that's for all your accounts, because what they to do is they take all the accounts you have and that's your average. So you can have one that has you've had for 13 years and then you can have one you have for one year and you can have all these other ones in between. And what they do is they take those and they they, they take the they take the average and that's what's your credit, your length of credit history. Length of credit history is good. And that's actually 15 percent of your credit score because it shows how long have you had these accounts active. You don't want to have too many closed accounts because if you do, that doesn't really help your cause uh, because lenders want to see a history. Remember I was saying credit score is like a history. So lenders want to see a history of you and how responsible are you with credit, which now leads me to the credit mix. Credit mix is 10% of your credit score. So credit mix could be like auto loan, student loan, mortgage, personal, you know, any of those mix, because they want to be able to see that you can handle different types of credit. You don't want to have too many credit cards. Um, I, I can say for me, the most I, I you know, for anyone, the most you want to have is three uh, that you can feel comfortable that, you know, if I use these three, I'm OK and pay them off, pay them off. Don't leave any credit limit. Don't leave any balance on your credit, because all you're really doing is that's how these companies make money is off the interest anyways. So you want to know before, uh, before your, um, before your billing cycle ends, you want to make sure that your credit is at zero. So you want to make sure that if, and actually something I found out recently through American express, I thought that too. And then I was like, wait, I pay off my credit. You know, I always have zero balance every month. And I remember they charged me some interest. Like it was nothing. It was like on a small balance, but I called about it. You got to be educated folks. Sometimes you got to know these things. And then they said, oh, well, you know, when's your state? When's your state? When's your payment? When's your payment due? So actually my payment was due the 13th, but my statement date goes from the 19th to the 18th. So by the 18th, I usually have a zero balance, but they're like, no, you want to make sure your due date, by the time the due date hits, you're at zero. So if you're at zero by the due date, it's not the, it's not the statement dates to do they, because if you, let's say, um, you kept that and let's say you went by the next month and let's say if it's due, if it's due on the 13th, um, but you didn't pay it until the 14th, that's how insurance occurs. So you want to go by the due date, not the, um, the, the statement date or the cycle date. And then new credit is 10%. So if you open up, um, so if you open up a, uh, every time you open up a new credit, that actually hurts your time of your length of history member, right? Because, um, let's say if you were at six years, you go open a new credit that may drop you down to five years. I mean, it's, you're still within that range, but that can, that go, cause every time you open a new credit, it's, you know, it drops a few points. It's not a lot, but it does, you know, hurt your credit score to a certain point. So there's the five factors. Payment history, amounts, payment history is 35%. Amounts over is 30. Length of credit history is 15. Credit mix is 10. And new credit is 10%. So that makes up 100% of your credit score, okay? 
So I thought this was an episode I wanted to do. If you'd like to find out more information, you can DM me on Instagram at theamiresteemo.com. I mean, sorry, theamiresteemo. Or you can hit me up at amir.estimo at gmail.com. Either or, I'll be, in, I'll be glad to answer your questions. If you'd like to learn more, if you'd like to, you need help with your credit, uh, you would like to repair your credit, you can reach out to me. I can give you some tips or I can help you. Right now, I'm doing free consultation on credit repair. So I'm taking right now five people that I w- I'm doing free consultation. I'll do the whole process for you all free. No problem. So if you're interested, hit me up on Instagram at the Amir Estimo, or you can hit me up at my email, amir.estimo at gmail.com. All right. Until next time, everyone, you could be doing anything in the world. And the fact that you're taking the time to listen to this episode, hopefully this episode was of value with you. You learned something and I do appreciate you taking the time to listen to this episode. Appreciate much love until next time. Have a good one.